it's all worth it going through all the hard times and being able to put in all the hard work because when you get to have those moments with your teammates you know those are the ones that stick out the most Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and advice for coaching the mental game of softball. I'm Melanie Rushing, and I'll be joined shortly by Alicia Smith and our special guest for another episode. Today's guest is widely regarded as one of the best softball players in the world. She became a softball household name at the University of Oklahoma. There she became a two-time USA Softball Collegiate Player of the Year, four-time NFC All-American, and national champion. She began her international career with the USA Women's National Team in 2011 and 2012, helping the team to a Pan-American gold medal and an ISF World Championship silver medal. In 2013, she was drafted to the National Pro Fast Pitch first round as fourth overall pick to the USSSA Pride. She's been a part of five regular season championships as well as three Coles Cup championships with the Pride. She also played overseas from 2013 to 2018 with the Japan Softball League for Toyota Industries. Now she volunteers at her alma mater, mentoring and teaching players on the current number one team in the nation. She throws batting practice to the girls to stay in shape and tests her skills as she prepares for the final Olympic team tryouts early next year. Today we discuss her goals for making the USA Olympic roster, how pitching BP to the Oklahoma hitters is helping her prepare, how she built her own confidence through putting in the work and controlling the controllables, her advice to young players, the secret to Oklahoma's success so far, and how to keep up with her and the national team. Stick with us to the end to check out today's coaching challenge, but for now, let's welcome our guest. Please welcome college phenom, professional athlete, national team member, and Olympic hopeful, Kehlani Ricketts. Welcome, Kehlani. Hello. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for joining us. We're really excited um, for you to share with our audience and to share with us today. So I'll go ahead and get started with the first question. Okay. What big goals do you have for the upcoming Olympics? Um, big goals. I mean, obviously the biggest one is to make the Olympic team. We still have one more tryout that's going to be coming up this fall. So, yeah, I mean, the biggest goal is to be able to make the Olympic team. And so with that being said, I mean, just being able to stay healthy and stay in shape, that's just my biggest thing right now. And so I, I've been a professional softball player for the past – six years going on six years wow it feels weird saying feels like I just graduated college but <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah every year I've kind of just been able to find what has helped me and just been able to grow each year just being able to find what helps me stay in shape just help me helps me be confident on the field so just being able to stay healthy and stay in shape and you know for me I'm a pitcher and I'm also I also hit and with the USA team, with well, with the Olympics, the roster size is a little smaller than a normal college softball team or professional team. There's only 15 roster spots. So I'm getting a little bit of work in at first base, actually, just so, you know, there could be a little bit more options. So for me, I haven't played first base probably since my first and second year of college. So I've been trying to work with that a little bit and, you know, just being able to try to keep myself athletic as I can for the team. Absolutely. That's cool. You get to play another position. I love that. Yeah. It was actually kind of crazy because I hadn't really practiced. I hadn't practiced first base since early on in college. So that was probably like 2010, 2011. And so world championships last year, not many people know this because it wasn't streamed in the U S but we were playing in the semifinal game, which was our qualifying game for the Olympics. We were playing against Japan and 
I was pitching actually. And Val Ariotto, she's our first baseman. She was, she was playing first and in comes Rachel Garcia to pitch. And they put me at first base just to like have an option. So I could go back in. So they put me at first base against Japan, one of the best short games teams in the world. And so it was kind of crazy, but I mean, good thing Rachel struck out the side does, or she struck, she struck the batter out in three pitches. So Rachel Garcia just being herself. So I got put at first base for two different batters. She struck them out both times. So, you know, it kind of helps when you have strikeout pitchers on the staff when I'm playing first. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what was going through your head when you're up there like, uh, here we go. <laughs> you know, I could have been a little bit freaked out, but I think I was just kind of pumped, you know. The only thing going through my head was just like, all right, like, just stop the ball at all whatever at all cases just stop the ball that's all you have to do and then of course one of the strikeouts is a drop third strike so I'm standing there like oh yes I get to touch the ball at first base like hit me right here Aubrey and she was trying to make good throw she didn't want me to like drop it or anything but yeah I was I think just the adrenaline from when I was pitching just going into first base so you know I I couldn't I didn't have time to think about oh like don't screw up I was just kind of pumped to be out there <laughs> Absolutely. And congrats on that. Beat him. Thank you. Got him. Yes. <laughs> so tell me a little more about going into tryouts. So you'll get to play this summer too, right? Yes. So we have a few training camps this summer, actually. And so I'm mostly going to be with, with Team USA this summer. And so we start at we start June 10th and we have a training camp in Chicago. And actually, we're going to be playing against UCSA Pride. That's the team I've been on the past few years in the National Pro Fast Pitch League. And so we have a few exhibition games with them and Chicago Bandits in Chicago. So that'll be really good for us, kind of going into what we're going to do, the Japan All-Star Series, which is the next week of that. I don't know what days those are, but that's going to be in June as well. And then we have a few training camps all scattered across the U.S. this summer. And then we have the International Cup in July. So, yeah, it's kind of a busy summer between July and September with stuff with the U.S. team. And then we go into the trials this fall. They haven't announced the dates yet. And so we usually have tryouts in January. That's what it's been the past two years. And so it's kind of been – it started on New Year's Day – and so, you know, kind of have to, you know, make your sacrifices for softball. Softball players have been there, but <laughs> always. it's always worth it. Just being able to train for what you love. But yeah, so we, the team was named in January after that, that last trial. And then, you know, everyone's just kind of separated, went on their own and everyone's been training on their own and just been getting, getting ready for the training camps together we have in June. With all of that said, not only, you know, the tryouts coming up, but you mentioned staying healthy and some other things. What what uh, challenges other than those would you see for uh, for C getting in your way? Excuse me. I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, like the past few years since I have been playing professional softball, I've actually been in Japan playing. So every March I go on to Japan and I go play with my professional team that was out there. I played for Toyota Industries. And so that had kind of kept me in softball shape, kept me in game shape going into the summer. And so, you know, I felt prepared, like going against batters when I got into the MPF games in the summer. But I think for me, the biggest challenge right now is, you know, getting in game shape leading into June, leading into going into games against the MPF teams we're going to be playing. So 
I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges. And I knew that coming into this year, you know, I decided not to go back to Japan. And so for me, I felt like staying around a college team, staying around the sport in some way was going to help me just stay in the best shape that I can. And so luckily enough with, with Oklahoma as a volunteer coach, I'm able to, you know, pitch live to the batters at least once a week. And so that's helped me a lot more than I thought it has been. And especially with the OU offense, being able to face them, you know, it's Oklahoma is one of the best offenses in the nation right now. And so being able to face these hitters, it's not fun, but it's definitely helping me get better. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Especially because they face you all the time. Now they starting to get to know you. (laughs) Oh yeah. And especially when I'm trying to like mock different pitchers. So it's like, okay, today I don't have a changeup. Okay. Today I have only rise balls, which if you know me as a pitcher, I'm a drop ball pitcher. So yeah, it's definitely has its challenges, but you know, it's made it a little bit worth it. (laughs) That's a really cool concept though. Like how are you taking, like throwing a completely different strategy than you would ever throw in a game how do you think that would help your mentality going in to maybe a situation where your usual stuff isn't working the way you want it to do? Um, you know, for me, I something that I've always kind of felt confidence in going into games is, you know, like just being able to practice and being able to practice hitting my spots and stuff. And so some like growing up, I would say when I was a teenager, I would always try to like practice you know, hitting my spots 50 times with every single pitch. And so it seems like a lot, but I mean, I would do 25 at each time, but that's just what gave me confidence going into the game is just being able to hit my spots with my pitches. And so when I got to the game, I was like, you know, I, I know where I need to get this ball on the batter. And so kind of going into it now as my body's getting older, you know, I'm not, I don't exactly have the freshness I had as a teenager, but you know, for me, I like with these different practices I have going against live hitters, I'll be able to practice, you know, like trying to hit my spots. Okay, is my curveball going to work at this height against a hitter with this kind of swing? Is my drop ball going to work at this height? And so, you know, I'm able to practice that kind of stuff with live hitters. And when I get in the game, I know exactly where I want to get that hit the spot with my different pitches. So that's been able to help out a lot with, with facing these live hitters the past few months. With all of your experience and background and training, especially playing for the University of Oklahoma, what type of mental training did you work on to become such a mentally tough pitcher? Because that had to really help your success. Um, yeah, like I kind of said before, how I was talking about, like with when I was a teenager, being able to keep practicing and, you know, my, I think the, how I practice that really helped me be able to give me more confidence in the game. And so, I mean, that being said, I wasn't always the most confident pitcher going in the game, but, you know, go, knowing that I put in the work that gave me just a little bit more edge, I felt mentally, just because, you know, I told myself kind of, I, if I were to outwork the competition, like, I will be able to trust my pitches a little more. And so as a teenager, kind of growing up as a pitcher, I kind of developed that mentality a little, probably about midway through high school. But I mean, as a professional pitcher and in college, you know, you're obviously facing uh, some of the best competition. And so I think like I kind of had to learn different ways to be able to handle different kind of ups and downs. And so for me now, looking back at things, it's being able to handle the, the uncontrollables and being able to control the controllables. 
you know, a lot of times as pitchers, there's so much pressure on you, but sometimes it could be pressure that you're putting on myself. That's what I kind of found, you know, I'm obviously as a lot of athletes are, you're your toughest critic. And so for me, it's like, I would be thinking that, Oh, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to get as many strikes as I can. Well, what if the umpire is not giving you the best strike zone? How are you going to handle it? Or what if, say, you, you're trying to reach for, oh, I want to be an All-American or, oh, I want to be pitcher of the year. But that's not always in your control either. And so I think looking back now, now that I'm a little older, being 27, what I can control now is, you know, being able to have fun with my teammates or being able to try to make the best pitch I can, even if the umpire's not going to call it a strike and just trying to trust my pitches the best I can and being able to make it as simple as I can. I mean, there's always going to be in a, a sport of failure. You know, there's always going to be those ups and downs. And so being able to really focus in on those controllables, it helps make th- makes things a lot more simple. That is so true. We talk about that all the time. We talk with coaches a lot too about how to help our players come to that realization uh, as fast as possible, even though it's a process. What would you suggest to coaches and players to help kind of reframe like and realize like no what I'm that's that's an outcome or that's uncontrollable how do you pick which things that you want to focus on how did you decide that now I'm going to focus on having fun with my teammates um you know honestly I think it kind of took a little bit a lot of failure I guess a lot of things that you know the outcome wasn't what I was expecting. And I, and that was start really starting experiencing that in the pro league, you know, for, for college, the game, it seems like it's a lot more on the line where, where, you know, you have to think about your RPIs. You have to like win every game you can. There's a lot more pressure situations when it comes to the college games. So coming into pro into like the pro games, we have about, we had five or six teams. And so most likely most of the teams are going to make championships. Maybe one team won't make championships. So it's kind of a lot harder, especially when you're facing the same hitters over and over again with it only being five game, five teams. Where college, you know, you're facing one team once a weekend, and maybe you'll see them in postseason with two to three games. But so with with uh, with the the pro league, I think I kind of found struggles in trying to just be too perfect, too perfect. Then, you know, I, I think it just came down to, I, I gave up trying to, trying to press so hard and trying to be too perfect. And, you know, I was like, you know, I can't do this myself. I'm trying to, what, like what I was saying before, I was trying to control the uncontrollables. And, you know, I, when I was, I was talking to one of my teammates, actually Shelby Penley. And like, she was telling me one time, you know, you know, like we do, we trust you on the mound. Like we have your backs no matter what, you know, sometimes it just looks like you feel like you're out there by yourself. Like we're out there with you. And it just took something like that, but that my shortstop was saying that. And Shelby is someone that I played with on the pride and I played with at Oklahoma. And so we kind of had that connection there. And so I just being able to feel that from a teammate, I was just able to think about the times that, you know, when I was feeling great on the mound, it was always when, you know, I was, I felt together with my teammates. And so that's something that I just try to take pride in ever since like I had that conversation there. I just try to think about, you know, do this for my teammates because they're, they're playing defense behind my backs just as much as I'm trying to pitch for them and just being able to feed off of them every way possible. You know, especially when they're making great plays or making plays when there's runners in scoring position, you know, 
just trying to find those small victories in my teammates that really gave me a little bit more strength on the mound. You've given in a very short period of time, a lot of awesome advice for especially <laughs> young pitchers, you know, both physically and mentally uh, to prepare. I, I know that you've used a lot of the language that we do, right? You know, control, oh, uh, control the controllables and all those things. So I think that's great. Um, is there any other advice you'd have for young pitchers who want to be their best? Um, advice for young pitchers. I, you know, honestly, I think whether it's pitching or with like hitting or any other sport you're playing, if it's something that you truly love, you're gonna put the work in for it. You know, with pitching, it's not something that I always kind of loved when I was little. My parents, you know, I was about 5'10", left-handed, tall, goober little kid as a 10-year-old. And so I was enjoying being on the bench and eating all the cookies on the bench. And so my parents were like, no, you're going to be a pitcher. You're tall and left-handed. And so I kind of, you know, I, I was a pitcher, but I didn't know why. But so it was something that I kind of learned to love. I just kept doing, putting the work in, putting the work in. And then it came to at one time when I was about 13 or 14, a coach was telling me, you know, you know, like, you have all the physical stuff, but if you really put the work in, like you could be really good. And, you know, that kind of clicked for me. I was like, wow, like, you know, I mean, softball, it's a fun sport, but I never really thought about how good I could be if I actually put work in. And so I started putting in work. I'm like, let me just see what this will be, this will do. And so I started, that's when I started really practicing more, practicing my pitches and hitting my spots more. And that's when it started becoming fun. Cause I'm like, well, I could, really help my teammates out if I'm just still putting more work in. And so I think I kind of fell in love with the process of being able to help my team out and that being able to help my team out that that's what made me kind of love pitching. And so, you know, if you, if you love it enough, you're going to put more work in for it. And, you know, being a pitcher is, I mean, there's a lot of expectations, you know, you either get all the praise or you get all the faults for the game, but you know, it's just something with the challenges, being able to enjoy the challenges. And, you know, the more you enjoy the challenge, that's the more that the team is able to feed off you and the more you have fun with your teammates. That's so good. Coaches, if you're listening, pause, rewind, play that again for your girls. Because <laughs> those challenges are real and they suck in the moment. And there are going to be some days where you wonder why the heck you play this dang game. <laughs> right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> right? Being able to kind of like step up to the challenge and being able to step up to the challenge and know that you're not in it alone. That that's what makes it so much easier. Sometimes, you know, you're out there, you're the only person with the circle around you and it starts to feel like you're the only person out there facing this challenge. But then when you start to look around, you're like, I'm not in this alone. I'm like, we're in this together. You know, that's what, kind of makes it all worth it, you know, because when you're raising the trophy at the end, it's not just you holding the trophy, it's your entire team holding it up with you. You know, I just had this very interesting conversation um, yesterday with one of my senior, my senior catcher has a younger sister in seventh grade, and I asked her, I knew she was pitching, and mm -hmm. she said, well, I quit pitching about a year ago, and I said, how, how come? And she says, because I wasn't very good at it. So she started telling me about her experience and her experience was because she was physically bigger um, mm -hmm. than a lot of the players her age. She was pitching at nine years old against 11 and 12 year olds. So mm -hmm. she had to find her success, you know, in that moment of, of not being successful, not very good, even though the players were much older than her and she was just learning. 
So she even got emotional and I, I felt for her. And I said, look, I said, because she's going to eventually play for me one day. And I said, look, I'm not, I'm not asking you to go, you know, pitch again. I, that's not what I'm trying to say, but what, what I don't want to happen is I don't want you to quit something else in the future because you weren't very good at it originally, or you felt like you weren't very good. So keep that in mind. So, awesome. yeah, I, uh, it breaks my heart when I hear that, when I hear that, because I, I yeah. can't imagine the the amount of work it takes right to be to be a pitcher oh um, yeah and that totally reminds me of something that you know probably one of the biggest things that's always stuck with me what my parents always told me is just you know don't like when you start something you don't quit it you know just keep going mm-hmm. till the end of the season you know there's times that you whether it's pitching or it was basketball or something you know times would be hard and I'd be I'd go to my parents and be like I want to quit like this is getting too hard my dad would be like you know what? It's okay to quit at the end of the season, but your teammates are counting on you right now. You can't be quitting in the in the middle of the season on them. You know, just wait till the end of the season, reevaluate, and we'll go from there. And then it would come down to you know, like when I was when pitching was feeling hard, or whether softball or basketball was feeling hard, I would just you know try to find a different route. And it was just kind of finding those small victories and being able to try to enjoy the moment or enjoy your teammates a little more. And you know that would just make me look at the whole situation way differently than just being able to think about how hard things were. And, you know, for me, I was a tall, big girl as well growing up. And so I feel like people kind of girls would look at me or coaches would look at me and be like, you know, like, why? Cause honestly, I wasn't really that good of a pitcher when I was little and people kind of look at me and like, why isn't she throwing better? And it's like, why, why does she keep throwing ball everywhere? But and so I think I kind of felt that pressure myself that I needed to be a little bit better instead of being able to think about that there's other things that make me strong as a pitcher. You know, it's not just my height. It's not just that I could throw the ball hard. And so being able to find different things that, that could help you be stronger as not only a pitcher, but a player and just like a teammate in general. That's such great advice. And I think that your story alone is just a testament to your hard work because nobody starts out anything new being the best at it. Right. So I think that that's just Mm -hmm. a testament to your hard work too. Yeah. And I think it just for, I mean, I think with my parents, they really didn't give up on me with pitching and, you know, they weren't too hard on me, but they, you know, the one biggest thing that they gave me was just that, you know, don't quit something that you started out. And, you know, I could have, done basketball I guess I could have gone that route but you know softball is just something that I was just I felt like it was just a different type of love of softball and that was just being able to have the different type of camaraderie with your teammates and it just gave me a lot a lot more joy with my teammates being around softball so that's something that you know I I think back of the teams that I grew up on when I was 12 in 12 and unders and 14 and unders being able to have those goofy times with my teens and then g- growing up through college and even professional, being able to have those times with my team, you know, it's all worth it going through all the hard times and being able to put in all the hard work. Cause when you get to have those moments with your teammates, you know, those are the ones that stick out the most. Let's talk about Sooner softball. I know you're really excited to talk about that. So uh, <laughs> let, right. let us know, you know, talk to us about what you've learned, uh, not only with the program, but coaching against some of the biggest rising stars in college softball. Let's see. I think for me, one of the biggest things I've learned and, you know, with Coach Gasso, I, I obviously played for Oklahoma. And so, and then coming back, you know, it's a totally different type of team. 
I would say, you know, the girls that they have now, they seem like the team, we've obviously have gotten a lot better recruits with all of the national championships they've won in the past decade or so. And so it's been cool to see the team get a lot stronger, but also just being able to see that their success is not only coming from, obviously they have higher recruits, but it's coming just because, you know, they're not content with just being ranked number one in the nation, whether it's May or whether it's March, you know, they're, I think just seeing them grow from, I didn't come until, I didn't come help out the team until, in, um, until January. And so January I came and just being able to observe a little bit of how the practices were going and how the team was going and going into February, that's when they had their two losses. And those are the only losses on the season thus far. I mean, we're going into May, so it's getting a little tougher. But just seeing how the team's grown since January and February, it's kind of cool to see just because, you know, like I think they're still trying to find their identity. And they obviously lost a great senior class last year with Paige Parker, Leah Wodak, and that senior class that's one that's helped win two national championships. And so you have new pitchers coming in and old pitchers that are used to being behind Paige Parker and Paige Lowry. And so they're still trying to find their leadership. And so I think one of the biggest things I noticed was in practice, say when one thing would go wrong, one more thing would go wrong, another thing would go wrong. And so it was kind of like things would start unraveling. And then you kind of started to see that in the games that the that they had lost in February. One thing would go wrong, then another thing would go wrong. And everyone kind of looked around and be like, what's going on? And no one really kind of took advantage, took control of the situation. There wasn't really... No one really knew who to look for just because they, they're still new to the, their whole roles in this season. And so I remember this one day in practice back in February, you know, Coach Gasso. From the outside looking in, you know, the team's ranked four in the nation, had some great wins against some great teams. And so, you know, it looked like the team had been doing pretty well. But to Coach Gasso, you know, one day she just came to practice and she's just like, you know, I've had enough of this. Like, you guys – you think that we're doing well, we're ranked number four, but you know someone needs to take control of the situation. We need to take control of what's going on and stop looking around and just do it yourself. And, you know, ever since that practice, I still remember, you know, the girls have been getting stronger and stronger. And it's been cool to see because they've been having the even better wins and just more of a team win and just more together. And, it's, and you could tell that the girls, they have more defined roles now and they're just really, you know, not – not being content with having a few good wins. You know, every week there's a new game plan, new challenges that arrive every week, and they're just sticking to the game plan, you know, not getting too content with, oh, okay, we're ranked number one now. They're thinking, okay, well, we're ranked number one, but th this isn't what we want. Our final goal is obviously to be number one at the end of the year. And so it's been cool to see the girls continue to work and continue to trust the process and the new challenges that come every single week. Ah, oh, that's so cool. And yeah, from the outside, <laughs> people might easily think like, oh, well, it's just because they're really good. Like, no, it doesn't matter. You're playing really good opponents and you still have to be on top of your game no matter who you're playing. So that is so impressive and so cool. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you, what has your experience been talking with these girls, helping them work through some of those things, like making sure they, they are relying on themselves and not looking to somebody else to we, we lovingly, hatingly call that the snowball <laughs> effect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think obviously like what we had talked about earlier on, just 
the different kind of experiences I've had. So I'm, and obviously because I have played for Coach Gasson, I have played for the program and I'm able to share those experiences with the girls, you know, whether it's with hitting or being able or with pitching, obviously the pitchers, they feel different types of pressures being in different types of roles. So, you know, I've been in kind of the ace role when I was at Oklahoma and then I've been more part of a staff being part of Team USA and being part of the USSA pride. And so right now the team, they have the pitching staff is more of a staff where they have a different starter every day. And so I'm able to relate to the girls in both areas. And so it's been cool to be able to share my experiences and know that they're not the only ones that have gone through this kind of situation. Have you noticed a difference in some of the players now that you've, that as a coach that uh, Oklahoma is now playing against versus when you were playing? Um, I would say, yeah, there's, it seems like there is a different type of target on their back just because, you know, they do have more of those national championships under their belt. And, you know, for us, like we, we were always kind of top 10 when I was at OU. And so we were always just trying to punch in, trying to get to the world series, trying to get to the world series. And then we made it and it's like, okay, now we're trying to get to the national championship, trying to get to the national championship. And so for them, with, with the team now, I feel like the expectations are definitely higher. You know, it's kind of a given that they should be going to the World Series where rather with us, we were trying to still get in. And so, you know, the people are expecting them like to be a higher caliber team than we were. And so I would say like the target, it's definitely a lot bigger. And so, but I think with these girls, they are taking that and they're embracing not only the team that they have now, but they're, they do embrace the past the OU tradition and kind of the sisterhood we like to call it. And so it's really cool to me that the girls on the team now, they know about the past teams and, you know, they, they come up to me and like, yeah, I remember watching you guys play in the world series. So it's cool that they're able to embrace our success and kind of want to play for not only themselves, but to play for kind of the history of OU as well. So that's been really awesome to be able to kind of feel like I'm more part of the team, not only as a coach, but kind of part of the sisterhood they have. So is there anything else that you would like to talk about the upcoming uh, Olympics and then how do we and the listeners follow and support Team USA? Um, yeah, I guess I could just kind of touch on a little bit of what I know about the coming upcoming Olympics and everything going on. I know for us, we just qualified this past summer in the WBSC World Championships in Chiba, Japan. It was really exciting World Championships. I wish that everyone could have watched it. We, our semifinal and our final games both went into extra innings with Japan and we were able to qualify. And we were the first team to clinch that spot in the Olympics for 2020. So there's six teams that are going to be in the 2020 Olympics. And so one will be us, one will be Japan because it's the host country. And then the other four spots are kind of up for grabs right now. They'll have the qualifiers coming up within the next few months. And so I know there's going to be two spots open, I believe, for the Pan-American countries. And so that'll be, you know, usually since we already qualify, that'll go to another country. And so there's a lot of good countries in the Pan-Americans. That's like North America and South America. And then there's going to be a European qualifier and then an Asian Oceanic qualifier. So that's the Asian countries and Australia, New Zealand, and those countries over there. And so I think that that add, add up to six. Yeah, I think it did. <laughs> so yeah, so six teams are going to be qualifying for the Olympics. And 
for us, for Team USA, like I said before, we're going to have our trials in the fall. And we're just going to be, once they have the team named, I think it's going to be about 18 girls are going to be named. Three will be alternates because it's a 15-man roster. And then we should be starting to train right from there, maybe in December or January starting up all the way through until July for the Olympics. And so I know for us, we're kind of, with it kind of being an exhibition Olympic game, with it being this, I know that the host country gets to choose a sport that they want in the Olympics. And so Japan's choice was softball and baseball. We're kind of going to be one of the first events happening during the Olympics. So I believe it's in July. But yeah, that's kind of what we have going on with Team USA kind of leading up to the Olympics. And so, you know, you could follow us with Team USA and follow the athletes. I know, like myself and like a lot of the athletes, we're trying to get ourselves out there a little bit more. So you could follow us a little little bit with, you know, we have our websites, our personal websites, and we have that we just have different things coming up with Team USA. I know at the end of the month, we have kind of a fundraiser gala. It's called the Gold Ball Gala. And we're having that in Oklahoma City, the eve of the World Series. And it's just kind of a fundraiser event just for the team to be able to, you know, get a little extra money to support our training and be able to support us going forward and try to get that gold medal. So that's a really cool event that they just started this year. And they're going to have you know, former Olympians there, a few motivational coaches, some of the biggest coaches in that have been through college softball. So I'm excited for that. That's going to be a fun event just to be able to kind of fundraise for Team USA. And, you know, going forward, um, you know, just being able to train and hopefully get the gold medal to come back to the United States because, you know, it's been um, 11 years now since the last Olympics. And, as we all know, Japan won that and upset USA in the gold medal game. So, yeah, it's cool for us just as Team USA, you know, we have a few former Olympians on the team or around the program and part of the process. And, you know, it's cool to have those girls around just being able to see that, you know, they they do still have a little bit of that vengeance, I guess, being uh since they lost that last olympics and so being able to hear it in their voices i guess when we're at tryouts and being able to see it see them still want to be involved with team usa softball or be a part of the pro league as we're training for team usa you know it's cool to be able to see and and you know be motivated not just to win a gold medal as a dream come true but being able to win it and you know kind of support the girls in the past that have won the gold medal and we're a part of the process as well Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait until <laughs> it's here. It's going to yeah, be so good. So and, for oh. I mean, you know, it's really cool that, I mean, obviously here in America, softball is so huge and it's only growing and growing, especially with college softball becoming a revenue sport. And so it's really cool to, you know, for it to be on that Olympic stage because we all obviously love it here in the States. And so, we only hope that it could keep growing internationally and so that it could continue to be an Olympic sport for every Olympics, hopefully going forward. Agreed. Thank you for this. I'm so excited. We got to get the word out about Olympics. It's going to be so good. Awesome. Yeah, it's going to be so exciting. You know, I mean, it's going to be a great day for our sport once we finally get that, get back in the Olympic Games. And so it'll be Hopefully this will just be 
kind of just show the world, you know, what softball really is and see how much we love it and show the world what, why we love it. And so hopefully, you know, it's just a stepping stone to see what's for the future for our sport, not just here in America, but internationally, like I said. But yeah, I'll, I'll keep the dates. I mean, I'm going to keep the dates posted on my website. I'll have the schedule and I'll try to keep you guys updated with different things. My website's just going to be www.kalaniricketts.com. And then obviously social media, I'll be able to keep you guys up to date with, with different things on that as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we really appreciate your time and everything that you're doing for the game. And we know that it's really important that, you know, a lot of these young girls have great role models. And I know that that's, you know, important to you and you do an awesome job. So thank you so much for all that you do. Yeah, of course. I appreciate it. And thank you guys too. Being able to grow the game like this, it's awesome. And I think it's, like you said, it's, it's definitely what the younger generation needs now. And that is it for today. If you'd like to follow Kaylani and her adventures, you can follow her on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Lonnie Ricketts 10. That's L-A-N-I-R-I-C-K-E-T-T-S-1-0. You can also learn more about her camps, lessons, and where she'll be playing this summer with Team USA at KeilaniRicketts.com. That's K-E-I-L-A-N-I. R-I-C-K-E-T-T-S dot com. Now for this week's coaching challenge. Show your girls the possibilities. Regardless of whether or not your players will ever have the chance to play the level Kehlani does, seeing this level of play is inspiring. So our challenge to you this week is to get your girls to see Team USA and the Pro League games. You can watch all the pro games on Flow Softball. That's F-L-O Softball starting later this month, or see them in person if you live near any of these cities. We've got the Aussie Peppers in Mankato, Minnesota, the Beijing Shogong Eagles in Daytona Beach, Florida, the Canadian Wild in Marion, Illinois, the Bandits in Chicago, Illinois, the Comets in Cleveland, Ohio, and the UCLA Pride in Melbourne, Florida. Team USA events can be found on their site. You can head to our page to get that website, and they'll be playing throughout the summer, gearing up for their final tryout somewhere around the new year. It's an exciting time for softball as NCAA ball is gaining unprecedented popularity and making softball an official revenue sport now, but we can't stop there. Supporting the pro and national teams is how we keep Olympic dreams alive for the sport and for these players we love. So go right now and make your plans to watch a game live or pay less than you would for a minor league baseball ticket for an entire season's worth of games on Flow Softball. Let's grow the sport even more. Another way to grow the sport is to keep more girls in the game longer. We work toward that goal every day by helping coaches like you teach the mental and emotional skills our athletes need. Our goal is to help softball players develop unshakable confidence, be able to bounce back from any failure, and have the time of their lives playing this amazing sport. We do that through the Dream Team Blueprint. To learn more about the system coaches are using to help players get out of their own way, play their best, and get even closer with their teammates, head to mentalsweetspot.com forward slash blueprint. And that's it for today. Next week, we'll be back with our mastermind catching up with Alicia and Wilma as they cruise through their season. Thanks for joining us. Have a good one.